0: You're listening to a Prophet, a collaboration between Sahlain and Al Hudja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sahlein.org/support. So the Prophet ﷺ was in Quba. In that village waiting for the arrival of Imam Ali so they would go together to Medina. Quba was a very important village, it had many wells and it served as the main water source for the city of Medina. Now in Quba, the Prophet for the first time in history, he had the freedom to establish a mosque to freely pray. In Mecca, Muslims were persecuted. They did not have the freedom to practice the religion of Islam. In Quba, the Prophet could worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala publicly without being stoned, without being harassed. He had that freedom. So, the first thing that the Prophet does in the village of Quba is what? To establish a mosque. Now, historical accounts, some of them, tell us that the companions actually suggested this to the Prophet. They told him, Ya Rasulullah, now that we're in Quba and we have the freedom to establish a mosque, why shouldn't we establish a mosque? Some sources specifically mention Ammar Ibn Yasir. He was the one who suggested this to the Prophet. Uh, For example, in Asir Al-Halabiyyah, which is one of the sources on the Prophet's biography, mentions that, that Ammar Ibn Yasir is the one who came up with the idea and he made that suggestion to the Prophet. In any case, the Prophet had the intention of establishing a mosque in Quba. So the Prophet conducted the groundbreaking for this mosque. Now, this area was to the south of the city of Medina. Quba is about 3.5 kilometers to the south of the city of Medina. So the distance between Masjid Quba, the mosque of Quba today, and the mosque of the Prophet ﷺ in Medina is about 3.5, 3.6 kilometers. So we're talking about 2 point something miles, not too far. Today Quba is considered amongst the suburbs of Medina. It's no longer longer a distinct village. It's part of the city of Medina because 3.5 kilometers is not a lot of distance. So the prophet gathered the rocks and he asked all the companions and the people of that village to participate. Let's all build this mosque together. So they put the build, the blocks, the building blocks of the mosque to each other and they marked the area around the mosque and the construction started. Some accounts tell us that the companions when they saw the prophet lifting those blocks and the dust would gather on his blessed body, they would come up to him, they would tell him, Ya Rasulallah, we sacrifice our life to you. Let us build this mosque. Don't carry these heavy blocks. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi would refuse. He would say, no, I want to do this. I want to participate myself in building this very first mosque in the religion of Islam. Women also participated in the construction of this mosque. We know this because of a report in the book Majma' al-Zawaid and Hayat al-Sahaba. These two books have mentioned an account from a man by the name of Ibn Abi Awfa. He says, when my wife passed away, the wife of Ibn Abi Awfa, he started saying to the people, participate in her funeral, Carry her casket. For I swear by God, she was amongst the women who would carry the blocks and the stones for the first masjid in Islam, for Masjid Quba. And then he mentioned that during the day, in daylight hours, the men would participate in the construction of the mosque, and at night, the women would come and they would participate. Probably my personal analysis is that in conservative societies back then, maybe women found it more comfortable to lift those you know blocks in the absence of men when men were not around. Otherwise there is no Islamic injunction that says women have to participate in a task like like that at night. Probably they felt more comfortable. So we even had women who participated in the establishment of this mosque. Now there's a very important question here, did the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi start the construction of this mosque after Imam Ali ﷺ arrived? or the Prophet started and then later Imam Ali Alayhi salam arrived Quba? We don't exactly know, our sources are not that clear when did the construction start but there are a couple of sources that indicate The construction started after Imam Ali arrived in Quba. For instance, one of those sources that mentions this is a book called Wafa' al-Wafa' by a Sunni Shafi'i scholar, as Samhudi, who was also a historian. He extensively writes about the history of the city of Medina. He mentions this hadith from the book, Al Kabir by Al Tabarani, and this hadith is from a man by the name of Jabir ibn Samara. Now, Samhudi says there is a weak reporter in this chain. So, some scholars of hadith might not accept the authenticity of this hadith. My analysis is the reason why they considered this reporter to be weak is because he narrates a big virtue for Imam Ali alayhi salam. and historically even if you were a reliable person but if you were found to be narrating a hadith in praise of the Ahlul Bayt peace be upon them, oftentimes you would be accused of being a weak narrator, that's how they would isolate them. So Samhudi does mention this hadith but it's like there's a weak narrator in the chain of the hadith, so what what does the hadith state? As for Shia scholars I would have to look at the uh, research about him specifically, I'm not sure if uh, there is research about him in our books but this is something we could look into but now I don't know whether Shia scholars do have an opinion about this particular narrator or not, in any case the hadith says when the Prophet wanted to determine the area of the mosque because in order for you to establish a mosque, first you have to designate the area right, mark the borders of the mosque, then you start the construction. How did that happen according to these two sources? The Prophet sallallahu tells Abu Bakr, ride this camel and let's see, let the camel decide where the borders of the masjid are. He rides the camel, but the camel would not move. So he came down. Then the Prophet sallallahu instructs Umar ibn al-Khattab, he tells him, ride the camel, let's see if this is going to happen. The camel refuses to move. Then finally, the Prophet sallallahu commands Imam Ali alayhi salam. He tells him, ride on the camel, let's see what happens. The camel started to move, like in a, perfect square, marking the borders of the mosque, when that happened, the Prophet sallallahu stated, ha مَأْمُورَةَ build this mosque according to where the camel moved, because the camel has been instructed to move, instructed by who? By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By the way, if you find this kind of unusual, we have many, many instances in the Prophet's life as we shall see when the Prophet enters Medina. Sunni, Shi'i hadiths, authentic hadiths that oftentimes when the Prophet wanted to designate an area, for example, the place that he would choose as his home in Medina, the Prophet would say, let's follow the camel. The camel is instructed by Allah to go to a destination. So we find that in the history of the Prophet. This is not, not something unusual. There are many, many other examples in the Prophet's life in which Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala would actually guide the camel to show the Muslims the borders for something or a specific area. So based on this hadith, we know that Imam Ali al then must have been present in Quba when the construction started. In any case, You know, there are some Sunni scholars who have raised doubts about the authenticity of this hadith. But we do have it in our sources. So now the mosque of Quba is being constructed. Now did the Prophet ﷺ pray Salat al-Jum'a in Quba or no? There are historical reports which state that the Prophet did pray Jum'a in Quba and he led Salat al-Jum'a. Some historians and scholars have objected here. They're like, we doubt that the Prophet did do that. Why? Because when was Surah Al-Jum'ah revealed? Surah Al-Jum'ah, which commands Muslims to observe the Friday prayer, was revealed a few years later in Medina. When the Prophet was in Quba, he had just migrated. He has not entered the city of Medina yet. Surah Al-Jum'ah was not revealed yet. So how is it that the Prophet is praying Salat al-Jum'a in Quba when Surah al-Jum'a was not revealed yet? This doesn't add up. Therefore, some scholars and historians have doubted these reports, which state that the Prophet established Salat al-Jum'a in Quba. That's their objection. What do you say about this objection? Do you find it a valid objection? Yes. Is it a valid objection? Can, can we present a counter-argument? Yes. Uh, it is valid but like weren't there some ahadith that were revealed at uh, some times and then later on like everything else was put together? Some ahadith uh, or some verses, some verses? Some verses. Any other counter-arguments? So the brother is saying yes maybe Surah Al-Jum'ah as a complete surah was revealed later but maybe some verses of it was revealed earlier because that does happen in the Qur'an. When you have a chapter in the Quran, it doesn't mean all the verses came in that sequence, no, sometimes some verses would be revealed earlier, sometimes later. Any other counter arguments? So since the Prophet has the knowledge of, let's say, Sharia law, Islamic law, he was aware of Salatul Jum'ah, so he prayed it then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals surah al-jumuah so basically the counter argument that many scholars have given is that surah al-jumuah does not state from today onwards you have salat al-jumuah where does that where is that stated in surah al-jumuah surah al-jumuah commands muslims and makes salat al-jumuah an obligation on them instead of being busy with your business, go to Salatul Jum'a but the verse is not saying that Jum'a became wajib on that day when the verse was revealed. So it's very likely that Salatul Jum'a had become mandatory early on, then when Muslims started neglecting Salatul Jum'a, God revealed al Jum'a pushing them to attend it because when we get there inshallah, we'll examine, you know these very great companions, when the Prophet sallallahu was establishing Salatul Jum'a, you know what they were doing? Other than the Ahlul Bayt and some very close companions to the Prophet, you know what they were doing? They were doing business. That's why Allah had to rebuke them in the Quran. In fact, at one point, the Prophet himself was uh, praying Salatul jumuah with like five people behind him. Imam Ali, uh, some, th- some of those good companions will examine the details in the future. Allah had to rebuke them, so he reveals al-Jumu'ah. So Surat al is not an indication that on that day Salat al became wajib. It is possible that Salat al became wajib before that but when Muslims started neglecting the Friday prayer, God revealed this verse commanding them to observe it and not you know preoccupy themselves with uh, business. That's why Allah says وَذَرُوا bayah, <الْبَيَة> You know go to Salat al and avoid doing business transactions. It is possible, well, we don't call it Salatul Jum'ah though. When, when we, spe- these accounts in history, when they specifically say Salatul Jum'ah, they mean that two rak'ah of the Jum'ah. Yeah, they don't mean uh, the, the, the Dhuhr prayer being prayed on Friday. That's what we understand from these accounts. It's, it's possible, that is possible, but many scholars have understood these reports to mean specifically Salatul Jum'ah. In any case, we do have historical reports that the Prophet Sallallahu did pray Salatul Jum'a in Quba. Some scholars might accept these reports, other scholars might doubt them and might, you know, even reject them. Masjid Quba, that very humble simple mosque that the Prophet established in Quba to the south of the city of Medina, was the first mosque in the religion of islam that was established in the religion of islam and in fact the holy quran praises this mosque in surah at tawbah verse 108 allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states la ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse states, this is a mosque which is built on taqwa. This is a mosque which is built on piety. This is a mosque where you should pray in because the people of that mosque, they want to be purified. They are pious people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises those who participated in, you know, this mosque, generally speaking. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala considers this mosque as a mosque that was established on good intentions, on piety. Now Surah At-Tawbah, when was it revealed? At the very end. But Quba is at the very beginning. This is right when the Prophet migrated. This verse was not revealed when Quba was established. This verse was revealed many, many years later. We're talking about eight, nine years later. There's a story to that. When we get to it, we'll examine it in detail. But very briefly, before the Prophet went to the Battle of Tabuk, this is in the ninth year of the Hijrah. We're talking about nine, ten years later after the Prophet migrated to Medina, nine years later. The hypocrites... In a very interesting story that we'll examine when we get there, they conspire and part of the conspiracy was to build a mosque close to Masjid Quba and that mosque would serve as their headquarters to create disunity and fitna in society, that was their goal. When they established the mosque, They told him, Ya Rasulullah, come and be the one who would lead us in prayer here. They wanted the Prophet to validate their mosque and give them importance. So they would go ahead with their scheme, those hypocrites. The Prophet was about to leave. He was getting ready to go to Tabuk. So he told them, I'm about to travel. I can't come now. He went to the Battle of Tabuk. They achieved victory. The Prophet came back to Medina. On his way to Medina, right before the Prophet reaches the city limits of Medina, Jibra'il comes down to him. Jibra'il tells him and Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la reveals verse 107 of Surah At-Tawbah which precedes this verse, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala tells him these people have established a mosque of harm, Masjid Dhirar, Allah calls their mosque a mosque of harm, Allah prohibits the Prophet from entering that mosque, he tells him don't enter that mosque, don't ever pray in that mosque, then Allah draws a parallel and he says the mosque of Quba is a purified mosque that was based on taqwa, not this new mosque, this mosque was built with evil intentions, therefore don't ever go to that mosque and that mosque was raised down by the way, we'll examine in the future why And how could a mosque, which is supposedly holy be raised down? We'll talk about that. But basically that's what happened. So Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala praises the mosque of Quba when he talks about that other mosque of harm. And that really is a lesson for us. See Allah doesn't want us just to build mosques and buildings and construction. Allah is teaching us in this verse What counts is to build a mosque on piety, on sincere intentions. That's what Allah wants from us. And what you see in many parts of the world today, you see governments, emirs, I don't know who, they're trying to show off with their money and they build these huge grand mosques. That's not something that Allah wants from us. Allah wants piety. A simple mosque that's based on good intentions is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants. Allah doesn't want a fancy mosque for people to show off and flex their muscles. Yes, sister. I was going to ask the conspirators, if the Prophet was going to battle, why were not they going with him? What were they doing? The munafiqeen, the the hypocrites sometimes would not join the Prophet on on the battle. They would come up with excuses. The Quran rebukes them. Oh, you know, one of their excuses, it's too hot out there. You know what Allah says? (laughs) That's what Allah says in the Quran. Say the fire of hell is hotter. And they would come up with excuses. You know, sometimes, sometimes when the Prophet was going to battle, you know, these very great companions, by the way, they would come to the Prophet and they would tell him, Ya Rasulullah, do you give us permission to come with you to the battle? What kind of a question is that? Why are you asking for permission to go to the battle? The Quran rebukes them. That when when the time for war comes, you go and you try to put the Prophet on the spot and seek special permission from him. It's a command by God, go and defend. You don't need permission to go and fight. The Prophet has already asked you to go and fight and defend the religion of Islam from those attacks. So they would come up with all sorts of excuses. Many of them would not join the Prophet. And even if they had to join the Prophet to save face, they would not engage in the battlefield. Without going into too much details now, because we'll see this step by step in the future inshallah, when we examine the battles. The first and the second and the third. Show me one historical account from any book, I'll accept it. In any of the battles during the time of the Prophet, like an active battle zone, they struck one person. In fact, they had one scratch on their sword, show me. In fact what we see is fleeing, they would usually flee from the battlefield, yes those first three, let alone other companions. So yes many of those hypocrites would not even join the Prophet in his, in his battles, not all of them would go out with him to, the, to Tabuk. So the Holy Quran actually praises this mosque and also the tribe who hosted the Prophet in Quba, who are the Banu Amr ibn Awf as we mentioned last week the Prophet stayed with them, Quba was their village and they participated in the construction of this mosque, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises them, Allah says they are people who want to be purified, they do have piety, Bani Amr ibn Auf. they were the main participants in the establishment of this mosque, this mosque has great virtues, if you ever go to Hajj or Umrah and you visit the city of Medina, make sure that you go to the mosque of Quba I'll share with you some hadiths from the Prophet ﷺ and the Imams of Ahlul Bayt in speaking about the virtues of Masjid Quba One hadith from the Prophet ﷺ states quba If you go to Masjid Quba and you pray one salah, Allah will give you the reward of what? of one Umrah, Umrah is like the minor Hajj, it has a huge reward in the eyes of God. In another hadith the Prophet sallallahu states whoever leaves his home in Medina or his place of residence like for example your hotel and you do the wudu in your home and you go to Masjid Quba for the sake of Allah simply to pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant you the thawab of the pilgrimage. So the Prophet would actually encourage people to visit Masjid Quba. And the Prophet wants you to remember that history. How I migrated, how I came here, how this mosque was established, how it was established on taqwa. These are lessons. When we read the biography of the Prophet, we're not just engaging in storytelling, no. These are lessons, every step of the Prophet's life has so many valuable lessons for humanity. In another hadith, Uqba ibn Khalid, he says, I asked al-Imam al-Sadiq alayhi salam, he says, when I go to the city of Medina, I visit some mosques around the city of Medina. Which ones should I really visit? The Imam alayhi salam tells him, start with Masjid Quba. Make sure that you start with this mosque and you pray in it as much as you can because it is the first mosque that was established in Islam by the Holy Prophet Muhammad